The following program is presented by the HTM Podcast Network. Hello, welcome one and all to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs here on the Hidden the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcasting Network. I am your host, Others, back once again from the mean streets of Blackpool, England. Um, the pilot episode went well. Uh, Boss Manjago didn't hang me my pink slip, so it looks like you guys are stuck with me for a little while longer. Uh, like Monday Night Raw's awful booking, I am here to stay. Uh, on today's show, I'll be giving you a brief news roundup from the European wrestling scene. Uh, also, I have a really good in-depth interview with an independent wrestler who's been hitting the headlines on both sides of the Atlantic recently due to a very controversial promo, so stick around for that. Um, confession, I've taken a short sabbatical away from attending live shows. Uh, my last live show was March 17th, Breed Pro Wrestling. Uh, a couple of days before that, I was at Fight Club Pro in Wolverhampton. And the Monday before that, I saw five shows in three days in Oberhausen, Germany for WXW's 16 Carat Weekender. I love wrestling, but unfortunately, my wallet doesn't. Uh, plus, I have a wife, and she's starting to feel a little like a wrestling widow. So, I treated her this weekend. We went out for a meal, took her to Nando's. Uh, then we went to the movies, saw Captain Marvel. Uh, if you're a fan of the MCU, urge you to check it out. Very good film. Uh, Saturday, I went to the cinema solo to see the new Jordan Peele film, Us. Uh, my other half, she's not a horror fan. Uh, Unlike myself, I can't get enough of the blood, the guts, the gore, and general creepy shit. And uh, this film certainly not a letdown as any of those fronts. Us was fantastic. Uh, Really good horror, not just on the violence front or creepiness, but um, a really cerebral film with a lot of depth, uh, numerous meanings. I could wax lyrical about it for hours, but hey... This is a wrestling podcast, so let's dive in to the latest European news. A huge title change to start things off as Jordan Devlin captured the OTT Wrestling Championship in front of a partisan home crowd at the National Stadium in Dublin. He defeated the defending champion Walter at Scrapamania 5. Uh, If you go on Twitter and search OTT or Devlin and scroll down, you'll be able to see the monster pop and celebrations from the crowd. Uh, Really was incredible scenes. Uh, Jordan Devlin lost the title to Walter back in August at WrestleRama 2 after an 18-month undefeated title reign. Um, I really do urge you, check out OTT's YouTube channel, Walter's title win against Devlin at Scrapamania, um, sorry, at WrestleRama 2, is up there for free, as well as, in my opinion, some of the best indie hype packages you will see today. Uh, David Starr against Devlin, 
That's an awesome package. Uh, the two David uh, Devlin versus Walter packages, they're also absolutely fantastic. Uh, no over-exaggeration or overselling them when I say they're on the level of the Rock Austin WrestleMania My Way uh promo packages so yeah go over to ott wrestling's youtube channel check them two out um potential serious injury news is looking like nxt uk superstar eddie dennis could be facing some extended period on the sidelines the pride of wales was uh taking on dick riley at pro wrestling chaos this weekend he took to social media to reveal he had a suspected tear on either his right pectoral or right shoulder. Uh, Eddie had a very similar injury at the start of last year that put him on the shelf for a good few months. Uh, he won't know the extent of the injury until he has an ultrasound. Uh, depending on the severity of the tear, if it needs surgery or not, it's hard to put a timeline how long Dennis will be on the shelf. I'm not a doctor. Uh, it's wrong for me to put a time frame on it. All I will say is Eddie Dennis gave up a very well-paid shoot job as a uh, head teacher at a primary school to presume is a dream of being a professional wrestler full-time. Uh, he got injured before, but he still got signed by the WWE uh, while he was actually wearing his sling while he was injured. So, uh, Eddie's overcome setbacks before. Hopefully, this injury isn't as serious. And uh, I think it goes without saying that everybody here at Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast wishes Eddie a speedy recovery. Um, he's a good dude. Hopefully, he'll be back in action sooner rather than later. 12 of the field of 16 have been announced for Progress Wrestling Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Uh, for those of you that don't know, it's a little bit like Bowler and 16 Karat Gold. A 16-man uh, tournament held over three days at Alexandra Palace in London. Uh, that's at the beginning of May. Previous winners include Will Ospreay, Tommy End, who you may now uh, be more familiar as the uh, artist known as... Alistair Black, uh, Travis Banks, and last year's winner, Zach Sabre Jr., who defeated Cassius Ono in the final. Here are the 12 names so far given. It's a very eclectic, very interesting mix. Uh, Travis Banks, NXT UK theater fame. Ilya Dragunov, WXW, and a new NXT UK signee. DJZ, former Impact, now signed with the WWE. Uh, a name out of left field, Artemis Spencer, Extreme Canadian Championship Wrestling, multiple champion, also wrestles for Defy in the States. Uh, Chris Brooks, a well-known British independent wrestler, is a tag team specialist. He's held the uh, Progress Wrestling Tag Team Championship as well as the Attack Tag Team Pro Wrestling Championship, a Rev Pro Tag Team Champion and a former CZW Tag Team Champion as well. Another former Impact guy, Trevor Lee, who's uh, recently signed with the WWE. Uh, Mexican wrestler Aerostar of AAAR fame. He'll be at Super Strong Style 16 this year. Uh, Chris Ridgway is an up-and-comer from the UK. Those of you that have never seen it, very strike-based, heavily tattooed guy, uh, very reminiscent of Alistair Black. 
Jordan Devlin, the OTT champion, NXT UK guy, he'll be there. Paul Robinson, who is the current Progress Wrestling Tag Team Champion in the team at the Swords of Essex, along with his tag team partner, Will Ospreay. Uh, Darby Allen, a name that will be very familiar for uh, all you American independent wrestling fans, uh, made his name in Evolve, uh, Major League Wrestling 2. Uh, very much looking forward to see what Darby Allen brings to the table. And uh, Dagger, another former AAA guy, uh, former World Cruiserweight Champion in AAA. Uh, this weekend on Sunday, there's going to be two more qualifiers at Progress Chapter 87, Breadknife. Uh, 16-carat gold tournament winner, Lucky Kid. He'll be looking to enter another tournament. Um, he's got to get past Tristan Archer of France first. And Connor Mills, a young British guy making his name over here, only 19 years old, and he'll be up against the product, David Starr. Uh, speaking of David Starr, let me play you a promo of his regarding an ROH title shot against Jay Lethal in Israel next month. It's uh, caused so much of a stir that Sinclair Broadcasting... And ROH ordered Star to remove it from all his social media feeds. If you give me one second, and I will hit the play button now. Ring of Honor Wrestling is a stalwart of pure professional wrestling, an industry that is monopolized by sports entertainment. And their standard bearer, Jay Lethal, is the man that I'm wrestling. But no, I'm not wrestling you, am I, Jay? I'm not wrestling you, I'm wrestling Black Machismo. So why don't you just do it, Jay? Why don't you just spit in my face? Why don't you just disrespect me? Because that is, that is absolutely a complete and total joke. Something else that's a joke is that Ring of Honor Wrestling used to represent pure, independent, professional wrestling instead of representing a far right-wing, extremist, corporate propaganda machine. Do you think it was some kind of cute publicity stunt to let the little Jew boy get a flight to Israel to wrestle for your championship? Is that what you thought? Did you think that? Because no, I'm not wrestling for your championship because I'm a Jewish kid in Israel. I'm wrestling for your championship because I'm one of the best independent professional wrestlers on the fucking planet. Sinclair Broadcasting, you think you're doing me a favor by having me wrestle for your championship in the homeland? No, 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 because it's not just, it's not just the homeland for me because I'm a Jewish man. It's supposed to be the homeland for everybody. It's supposed to be a place where we can all seek peace and refuge. It's supposed to be a place that doesn't deprive its citizens of basic civil human rights. But you know what? I'll take the favor, man. I really, I will. St. Clair Broadcasting, I'll take the bone you're throwing at me because on the morning after April 21st, you will have to wake up to your your worst nightmare. You'll have to wake up to the fact that your championship is now represented by a progressive Jew named David Starr. Now, whether you agree or disagree with the words or sentiment in that, uh, I think there's no denying that that's one hell of a promo from Starr. Um, for those of you that don't know David Starr, he started his career in CZW. Uh, the guy's a regular in Europe. Um, he works WXW in Germany quite regularly, as long as uh, multiple promotions in the United Kingdom, uh, Defiant, Progress, 
Cycle Pro uh, OTT over in Ireland. He's got quite the rivalry with uh, Jordan Devlin at the minute. And he's uh, also the current British Cruiserweight Champion in RevPro Wrestling. Uh, I'm going to throw you to an interview I did with David Starr at last year's Super Strong Style 16 tournament. Uh, We talk about his amateur background, uh, dealing with anti-Semitic comments and slurs from fans, and his love for European wrestling. So, if you've never heard of David Starr, hopefully this interview will help you out. I'll see you guys on the other side. Hello and welcome to another episode of Tables, Others and Chairs. Today we're at Super Strong Style 16, final day here at Alexandra Palace in that there London. Uh, today's guest, he is the cream in your coffee, Ooh. your favourite wrestler's favourite wrestler, the Jewish canon, the physical embodiment of charisma, the most entertaining man in professional wrestling, the Bernie Sanders of professional wrestling, the best of the best, Mr. American Rana, Davy Wrestling, the 104 minute man, the main event, he's really good at Twitter. He is the king of taunts. He is the product, David Starr. Sick. How's Sick. it going, man? It's going really well. It's going really well, man. I good. Like, I'm glad we got that intro done. Take two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Secrets revealed. Uh, <laughs> how's it going, man? Anyway, back that curtain. It's good, man. I'm sore from yesterday. Yeah, um, quite a, a hurty match with Zach. Very hurty. Very hurty. I'm quite sore. My legs are pretty sore. Yeah, flip-flopping around like a fish at the end. Leaning on a lot of stuff constantly, you know. So tried to sleep with my legs elevated so that it wouldn't be a source so the blood gets away from it. But no, I'm, I'll be okay, and we'll see what's in store for me today. Cool. So uh, let's start at the beginning. Um, what basically made you fall in love with professional wrestling? WrestleMania 12, uh, Sean and Brett. And then after that, it was kind of like a way for my stepdad and I to connect. Uh, we had basically just met. And he was trying to figure something out. He was a wrestling fan from when he was a kid. And then we watched WrestleMania 12. I loved it. Uh, then we went to, like, this local video store. And we got, like, all this. It was it was great. Um, we got all the old school NWA tapes, all the old school, like, AWA and WCW. It was it was fantastic. We watched it, all that old stuff. And that's what kind of made me fall in love with it. Um, what characters did you like then growing up, like, when you first got involved in wrestling? Oh, my first, my first favorite superstar, Billy Graham. He was yeah. the best. He stood out from everybody else. You know, everybody had, like, everybody had uh, short, dark hair, right? And they were clean-shaven uh, and wore, like, like dark-colored trunks, which is with, like, boots and stuff. And everyone had, like, a powerlifter look. And he was the complete opposite of everything. He had fucking blonde hair. He had giant mutton chops. He was, like, a bodybuilder-looking guy. Uh, he wore long tights that were tie-dye and bright-colored. And he just stood out so much. He was... Uh, and and let me just in his interviews, he was just so charismatic. He's the most imitated man in wrestling history. Um, so yeah, superstar Billy Graham was the first person I ever gravitated towards. So, <clears throat> how early did you decide that pro wrestling was something that you'd like to do? Because I know you have like an amateur background. Yeah. Well, I started amateur wrestling because I thought it was going to be pro wrestling. So when I was like seven years old, my gym teacher uh, in the middle of class was like, "Who's interested in wrestling?" Because my local 
who's a local club, yeah, opening up. And I was like, uh, yeah, me, because I didn't know anything about amateur wrestling at all. I didn't even know it existed. Um, so I told my parents, and my parents were like, yeah, let's do it. Especially because I had terrible hand-eye coordination at the time. Like, I'd throw a ball up to myself and miss it. Um, so they were like, oh, this might be perfect. No ball involved with this sport. So I did it. I thought it was going to be pro wrestling, and it, it obviously turned out not to be. I still liked it, um, so I stuck with it. But, like, I... I always wanted to be a pro wrestler, but I kind of put that dream behind me for a little while because I was just kind of bought into the idea that I wasn't able to do it. Then I saw CM Punk's Pipe Bomb promo, fell in love with it all over again as my eligibility was coming out, uh, wrestling in university because you only have four years of eligibility. Uh, I decided, whatever, you know, I'm just going to go for it. And I contacted the Wild Simone Training Center and got started. So is that where you, like, began your, like, pro wrestling training? Yeah, yeah the Wild Simone's under Samu. Oh, cool. Yeah, it was sick. So uh, where was, like, your first big break, and how long did it take for you to, like, actually get on a show before actually training? How long was, like, the transition? And was it a difficult transition, like, going from amateur to pro wrestling? Um, At first, it was a difficult transition because I was told by, like, somebody who was taking me in, one of the assistant trainers there, he told me that, oh, it's great you're an amateur wrestler. That's not going to help you at all here. And I was like, oh, okay. So I was told to completely abandon that thought process, and that was not supposed to be anything I did. Obviously, it's extremely wrong, and that person just is very blind to the real world of professional wrestling. But uh, I was the fastest graduate in the history of the program, so I had my first match like a month later, um, which was probably way too early. But it ended up going really well. Uh, so then I just things kind of started happening. And as far as like my big break, I'm still kind of waiting. Still kind of waiting for that, you know? Like I'm on cool shows and stuff, but. The other day, I'm not uh, not the Rock, so you know you're, everyone's kind of always waiting for their big break, I guess. Unless until you're at that Rock, Cena, Hogan, Austin, Flair kind of level. I mean, you know that's that's really what a break is, right? When you become a household name. Can you remember your first match you did with Skens? Yeah, a thousand percent. It was uh, February 18th, 2012, and my first match was against Supremely Great. It's on YouTube, at least the first. Like there was so what ended up happening was originally I was supposed to lose. And I was losing with uh, the guy had his feet on the ropes. And uh, I had, like, five of my college buddies there. And there was, like, six. And there was, like, I think, like, three or four of my friends from high school that were there. And they were just going so crazy for me and for my match. And to start the show, we did a promo. So, like, we literally set the match up that way. And then um, when he beat me, the crowd went so ballistic mad that Samu just came out on the fly and was like, no, 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 restart this match. And then they, he called, you know, he passed the spot to to have me go over all of a sudden. So my first ever match, a month in the training, I have Samu Anwai, who's like a bona fide legend in professional wrestling, coming out, telling him to restart a match, and I have to call a new finish on the fly, like, in my very first match. So it's like we, we did that, and we went, you know, it was, it was, it was cool, man. It was cool, and it was a really cool moment. Part two isn't on YouTube, by the way, but part one is, like, when Samu comes out. Uh, the second part where I actually win isn't, isn't on there, but... Uh, it was a cool, really cool moment. Just like, like one of the best nights of my life, and that's the night for my twenty-first birthday too. Sweet. Yeah. Um, CZW, obviously a place that you work quite often. Um, think you believe that you started in a tag team, was it? Well, so I started there about a year after uh, I started wrestling. I started training at CZW, and I had a couple like dark. Ma- I had two dark matches. Uh, both of them were. Uh, both of them were tag matches, but they were just random tag matches. Mm. Like one was with a bunch of Dreamer, Tommy Dreamer students. The other one was a bunch of CZW students. Um, and then my first match I ever had on 
their eye pay-per-view was against JT Dunn in a singles match. And then they just kind of paired us together because literally we were supposed to, we were told there was only one spot left on the roster. And then J, DJ actually said to us, whoever gets more over is going to get the spot. Straight up what he said. And so we just decided, whatever, let's just have a fucking sick match. Went out there, we did really well. Crowd was super into both of us. Uh, and then he's like, okay, guys, you're both going to come back and we're going to have you tag. And we were really not into it at first. We didn't like we didn't like the idea because we both kind of wanted our own thing. But then we kind of came together and we had a good little run for a while. Uh, but yeah, I started as a singles guy technically, but it really pretty much right away went into a tag team. Um, you mentioned CZW. Um, obviously, you've had slight run-ins, shall we say, with a small section of their audience. Sure. Um, how do you deal with like anti-Semitism? in professional wrestling I know that it's in the whole scheme of things it's like 0.0001% of a worldwide fan basis but obviously it's unacceptable and it must like really get under your skin and there's a a clip of you on YouTube obviously where you finally have the straw that breaks the camel's back with fans throwing the pennies in how how do you deal with all that stuff um well you know for a while I kind of I just was like I ah, ignore it it's not worth my time like they're just they're just dicks or whatever like and they're not going to change which is a fair I think that's a fair thought process for people to have but then after I went uh, to Germany and I saw the concentration camp and stuff like that and I just kind of really felt more in touch with who I was uh, more than ever mm-hmm. and then I, when I came back and then that happened because they had been throwing change at me before that too like they'd been but I just kind of was like oh whatever they're just jackasses like I'm not going to pay attention to them but then it was just again like you said the straw that broke the camel's back I just was things just kept piling up, I was feeling a certain way, I was very, uh, I was just feeling very aggressive about the, the thing, and that just set me off, and, um, how do you deal with it? I mean, everyone's gonna handle things their own way, I mean, personally, I think that, I think that they have the right to say what they're gonna say, and do what they're gonna do, as long as, it, I mean, throwing things into the ring is actually not appropriate, especially chains, which could hurt yeah. somebody, um, but you can say what you're gonna say, and say what you wanna say, I don't agree with these anti-Semites. I don't agree with people in general. Like, in just life, I don't yeah. agree with these bigots. I don't agree with homophobes or sexists or uh, racists or anything like that. But we have a society with free speech. So they have the right to say their hate speech. But it's our job as a society to police that hate speech. That's the one thing. Like, yes, they're given that freedom, but freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom of consequences. So we are supposed to... As it's our job to see, hear that, see that, and say, yo, that's, you're an idiot. No, that's not appropriate. You're wrong. We're all the same. We all, like, so how do you deal with it? You tell people that they're, they're wrong. You tell people that they're, they're not thinking clearly. You, tell pe- you have to just let them know why their opinion is so egregious. Nice word, egregious. Like yeah. It. Um, so I, it's... I mean, even in your name, David Starr, sure. it's not like you hide no. the fact that you're Jewish. No, no, no. Um, do you think being Jewish is, like, a huge part of your character? Or do you think it's just, like, who you are as a person? It's inconsequential and you're just sure. representing that, you know, belief or sure. religion or whatever? I mean, like, if you if you were to take a character named David Starr and put him in the 80s, he would probably be coming out doing, like, Hava Nagila, wearing yarmulkes and doing the, the whole nine yards like that. But That sounds like a guy that was uh, about pretty recently. <laughs> uh, he's a jackass. Let's not give him a platform anymore. <laughs> um, but, 
uh, you know, it, it's just kind of who I am. It's not my character. It's just something I pay homage to. Because, and actually, that idiot that we, you were just referring to, I'm going to not even name his name because that's not, not I completely worth it. agree. Um, but when he called me to try and pitch me an angle that we would feud, jackass, um, he one of the things he said is, how else could I portray a Jewish character? I'm like, okay, as if the only possible way to portray a Jewish character is to put every stereotype out there. Like, what a complete bellend. Um, I, and I said, I was like, you know, I'm a Jewish character. Like, I'm Jewish in real life, but my character is also Jewish. And I don't do anything like that. There's nothing. I have a logo and my name, and that's it. You know what I mean? So, so what's, what is, what is the issue? Um, so is it a part of my character? Yeah, of course it is. It's, it is something. And I think that uh, Jewish people, whether you identify with it as your religious belief or whether you just kind of are there with it being a part of your heritage and who you are as a person, like a Semitic race, um, then it, 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 it's something that, yeah, we, I think we carry a chip on our shoulder. I think there is a bit of that kind of feeling to it. So it is a part of you everywhere you go. Uh, but, again, I, I, don't, I don't like... As much as I don't hide it, I'm also not throwing it in people's faces as well. You know, there's a there's a there's a balance there that you have to have because you have to respect that other people aren't going to be on the same wavelength as well. Like so, yeah, it's just kind of it's it's a it's a very loaded question. Good question there. It's nice. Um, cheers. Uh, you spend a lot of time in the UK, yeah, and uh, a lot of time in Europe as well with a uh, WXW. Um, how would you compare the European crowds to the American crowds? Uh, it's more of a social event over here and uh and obviously just with the football culture in general like there's more s- songs and the, the chants are different um uh, even my girlfriend when we went when she came to the states we went to a few shows she doesn't like watching wrestling in america but she likes watching wrestling here not because of the talent or anything like that but solely because of the atmosphere because here it's a social event you know because there's people here that maybe they don't like wrestling but they're gonna have a great time at a wrestling show because they're with people. Even if they don't enjoy the product they see, you know what I mean? They're still hanging out with people and doing all that. Whereas in America, I think you have to be, in order to go to a wrestling show, I think it's more geared towards people that are wrestling fans. It's harder to suck in non-fans in America than I think it is here. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a great, it's just a great environment. I do, I'm a big fan of wrestling over here. Uh, I, I'm happy that I've made it kind of uh, a home to be over here and uh, I'm glad that I've, I'm not one of these Americans that kind of comes over for a weekend. Uh, I'm, I get to stay during the week and kind of embrace the culture and watch English television and, you know, like hang out in Germany and go check all... So it's, it's, it's nice, man. I, I've been very fortunate for wrestling to be nice to me. What's your favorite uh, TV viewing over in the UK, then? The Mighty Boosh. It's got to be. That or I've gotten more into... I've gotten more into Ricky Gervais now. Like, I loved Extra... Like, I watched Extras for the first time straight through. Yeah, Extras is great. Incredible. I actually prefer Extras over The Office. Do you? Yeah. See, I could see that. I liked... uh, But now... So obviously I watch the American Office And now I watch the UK And I love the English Office But therefore watching it It's far superior to the American Office It's more that uncomfortable, awkward comedy And Ricky Gervais gets away with being able to have Social conversations While also being satirical So there's something kind of He gets away with something Him and Stephen Merchant just like They, they get away with fucking murder <laughs> But it's, it's great, you know and, and they're not afraid to have To put themselves out there And have that, those kind of important discussions even if it is in a comedic sense 
because um, now hey, comedy is like the best place for news and social and like civil discourse, I guess at this point, because um, it's the only place where you don't have to be sensitive, um, or you can get away with being less sensitive. Uh, so it, I, I, yeah, but if I'm looking at just one program, the Mighty Boosh is the way to go. Do you, do you watch any of the soaps? No, I, I. What was the um? What's the one that's really, really popular? Uh, I kept hearing about it, and my girlfriend's mom watches it. And actually, when we were in, when we were in France, she, she like, mapped out a specific time just to watch the soap opera. It's like very EastEnders. Yes, yes, EastEnders. Yeah, because uh, oh yeah, and then in, um, in ex- in extras. Stephen Merchant's client is the guy from. He said, "Yeah, it's oh, great." Barry. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't watched. I haven't watched EastEnders. You're not missing much. It's really depressing. I thought when everyone kept talking about it, like watching these TV shows, and like, and I thought that it was just a normal show, but I guess yeah, it's a soap. You wouldn't buy a, a house on that property because there's an alarming mortality rate on that street. Oh, it's shit. like ridiculous, oh, especially around Christmas. Okay. Somebody usually dies around Christmas oh, on EastEnders. Oh, so, man. yeah. If you ever thinking of moving to England, don't don't go to Albert Square. No. Just avoid it. Saint, is it Saint Albans? Albert Square. Oh, Albert Square. I was don't go. Say. Don't go. It's okay. It's a fictional place. Okay. Don't go there. It's oh, oh. Dan- almost as dangerous as Sesame Street. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. Homeless people everywhere, just trying to be grouchy and yell. Yeah, people living in trash cans. Yeah, totally. Terrible. Speaking of WXW, getting back to the old wrestling, you're developing quite the rivalry with a certain big Austrian gentleman. Who could that be? Big Walter. Oh, oh, yeah. I was going to say yeah, Big yeah, Daddy yeah. Walter, but he's not going Batman. by that monkey anymore. Yeah, no, no, no. He's not, he's not Big Van Walter. He's not Big Daddy Walter. He's just Walter now with all capital letters. Um, yeah, Walter's, you know, he's he's the thorn in my side. Uh, That's a big thorn. It's a very big thorn. <laughs> very big thorn. Uh, or a giant monkey on my back type of thing. So, uh, yeah, we've got we've got quite the rival. He was my first ever match in Europe. Um and so it's kind of fitting that he's been the one thing that I haven't been able to conquer yet, considering that I haven't gotten my 16 carat win. Um, you know, now that I'm eliminated from Super Strong Style, I'm not going to get Super Strong Style. So the two tournaments that I'm really pushing myself for, I haven't quite gotten. And on top of that, I haven't gotten through Walter yet. So it's like that's got to be that I got to climb that hill or climb that mountain before I can get to the other side. And uh, yeah, it, it's it, people seem to like our matches. I don't really like him because I never get the right result. So, you, you got a moral victory at Defiant the other yeah, week. I eliminated him from the Rumble. That was cool. I also eliminated him from the sh- shortcut to the top Rumble. Oh, cool. So I, I, for whatever reason, throwing him over the top rope is perfectly, is you know, good to go with that. You know, I got that down. Maybe but, you should have a Rumble style match with him. Yeah, one on one elimination <laughs> over the top rope match, and I'll I could win that one easily. Um, whenever you wrestle, deep for. Working as a good guy or a bad guy? I just like wrestling. I like doing whatever the fans want to do. I like just being me. Um, there must I've, be a certain bit of fun antagonizing people, though. Yeah, there is, and there's also fun. But there's also fun being their their little their hero as well. So like, there's there's good bits to both, and there's bad bits to both. Um, the good thing is that fans nowadays seem to get that just because you're a bad guy doesn't mean you're a bad guy. Like you understand you're playing a character. Like Thanos. Yeah, yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> Be honest, you've been in a shopping centre. There's people walking around getting in your way. You wish you could just snap your fingers and get rid of half of them. Yeah, I mean that'd be nice. That'd be nice. My brother, 
Oh man, if I could, I, I don't even think it's appropriate for me to say some of the things my brother has said, like in a joking sense, because people just take it out of context and yell at me. Um, you know, with all capital letters on Twitter. Uh, but um, that seems to be the popular thing to do these days. And hand claps in between each word. Yeah, of course. Oh, I, I genuinely love tweets that have hand claps in between each ones, because it's like, why are you doing this? I love it. It's great. Um, I. I don't really have a, fa- a, a preference healer face. I kind of go through modes in my, in like just going through life kind of. I'm like, yeah, I really want to be a bad guy today. Oh, yeah, I really want to be. So it is kind of funny how you, you just feel those kind of characters, but I don't have a preference necessarily. What do you say the toughest part of being a professional wrestler is? Would it be like being on the road all the time? Or? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, because it's hard, you know. I'm the pain. <laughs> Well, yeah, sure, sure. Physically, it sucks. Like, you know, it, it, you wake up sore. Like, even even just today, like, just, like, sitting up out of bed, I'm like, oh, damn it. And that happens almost every morning. Or um, not being able to find a comfortable spot to sleep, like, direction or something. Um, but, no, like, it has to be being on the road all the time. And uh, it's hard to maintain real personal relationships, especially ones that you've had your whole life, that people that aren't on the journey with you. Um I've been fortunate to keep the ones, you know, the ones that really matter, you, they stick by. Uh, and I have a couple of, like, my best friends that I've known since I was, you know, 12 years old, some even earlier than that, uh, that I'm still very close with. And they're still my best friends to this day. Um, and they're not in wrestling whatsoever. And that's good. It keeps you grounded. Uh, that's definitely the hardest bit because I've lost a lot of people that I would hang out with and or do all that. So there's definitely a lot of loneliness involved. But... Um, it's still, you know, it's it's what I've always wanted to do for my whole life, and being able to be in the ring, even if it's for five minutes, is a, a rewarding experience. Okay, what I want to do now is a quick word association Ooh, game. Okay. Um, I'm going to say some names, and you say like first things that come into your head. Sure. Okay. Um, Jack Sexsmith. Uh, potential. Walter. Big. Yearn Simmons. Charisma. Or I should have said massive for him, but I'll say charisma. Jordan Devlin. Bay. Los Federales Santos Jr. Hysterical. Chris Brooks. Uh, the Cramps. Absolute Andy. Dad. <laughs> I should have said old. He would, if he ever listened to this, that'd be great. <laughs> Sammy Callahan. Um, influential. Eddie Kingston. Storyteller. Shane Strickland. Incredible. CZW. <laughs> Is it bad to say Zandig? Because that's the first thing that came to my mind. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's it. I was gonna say it's ending. I think about it. WXW. Um. Oh man, that's a tough one. WXW. Um. I see. I was gonna. The first thing that came to my head was to say home, but I have so many homes at this point. Like I do, but I genuinely feel home there. Um, word association. WXW. WXW. Um. Learning, because it's always a learning experience every time I go there. I feel like WXW is one of the few places, well, not one of the few, actually, yeah, I'll say it. One of the few places where I genuinely feel every time I'm there, I get better and I learn something new and I change my stuff. So say, I'll say learning. Rev Pro. Uh, conspiracy. <laughs> where are them interviews? Where are, the, where are the promos? Release the promos, Andy. Progress. My next one, Lennox 
um, next level. PWG. Epitome of independent. Final one, David Starr. Really good at professional wrestling. <laughs> Where do you see yourself in five years' time? No idea. I don't. I just think about tomorrow. So, like, after the show, I'm going to go back to my girlfriend's flat and have a cuddle and then tell her that she's worthless. Something like that. It's kind of like what I'm going for. Um, make sure that she knows that I'm clearly the most important one in this, in our relationship, and that she just needs to keep working on getting better to get to my standards. I think that's what we're going to have to have to go with. <laughs> I think that's a fantastic way uh, to end the interview. Um, David, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man. Hope that interview gave you a little insight to David Starr. Uh, he's one of a hell of a talent. Very good in ring, and as you could tell from that interview, he has the gift of the gab. Absolutely gold on the mic. That's about it from me for this week. Uh, be sure to subscribe to Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check out all the other fine shows, the PW Hustle, Turnbuckle Talk, Wrestle Popcast with Robin Nelson, and of course, HTM Pro Wrestling and HTM Sports with Jargo and RBV. You can catch me on Twitter at O at Others Chairs. Uh, subscribe to my YouTube channel, Tables, Others and Chairs. Very similar format to this, bringing you lots of interviews, uh, show reviews from around the UK, and other general wrestling nonsense. I've been Others, you've been great, and I will catch you guys next week. Take care. Bye-bye.